Hello. Uh, it's all the way down. I'm I'm Dash. Knox is here too, right, Noxy baby? I might be here. There's a cat screaming at me. Sorry. How y'all doing? I'm doing well. And yourself? I'm okay. Um, just got off a, a like a, an eight hour bender of trying to fix an issue with a PC to do some retro gaming stuff that uh, might not do retro gaming stuff unless I throw some more money at it. But how'd your day go? Uh, pretty, yeah, I also did some, some computer related stuff today. I got, uh, my, my sister's birthday just passed and, uh, she, um, I, I, they don't have like a family computer at her place, you know, uh, a Nintendo they don't have Famicom. A Famicom? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, they don't, they don't have like a computer. So, uh, you know, I, I orchestrated the family to all pitch in and get her a desktop computer for them to have at the house. So you know, Wait, well, I thought this was with... like a laptop situation. They just don't like you. Just they didn't have a desktop at all, right? Right. So you know that way maybe it'll help her with her schoolwork, but also her nephew or her son, my nephew, uh, you know, is going to be pretty stoked that he can, he can he can finally play Friday Night Funkin' at more than ten frames per second. So <laughs> you know, I think he'll be pretty pumped about that. I uh I started a stream last week um because I like to do fighting games on Friday nights sometimes and uh there's also some other interesting funny words that start with f that you can put in a stream title to bleep it out and still have it go through Twitch. So I had uh Friday night f and then a whole bunch of asterisks and a whole bunch of people were like Friday night funkin? I was like no, that's not what I'm talking about at all. Mostly because I had no idea what, that Friday Night Funkin' was not just a weird joke my chat was playing on me. This is a real game. And it's a rhythm yeah. game. So yeah. I thought I might be interested in it, but I've never seen anything about it. I I, I think... Um, so so I, I've only seen my nephew play it a little bit. It's mm. just... Uh, Basically, it's like DDR, except you, you know, it, it's like Beat Mania or Osu, or it's it's that type of thing. Uh, well, I might be doing injustice to those games by suggesting that they are played with a keyboard at all times. Um, you know, it looks like DDR, except the person playing is generally expected to be using a keyboard, right? Or just just pushing buttons rather Sounds than like kind of dance pad or something. Yeah, you know, at least that's what I've seen of it. I mean, I'm sure people have tried to play with a dance pad and whatnot, but, uh, you know, that's just what I see, though. Basically, it started out as a, a Newgrounds Flash game, right? Oh. You go to you go to Newgrounds, you play, you, you play this rhythm game with your arrow keys, you know, and there you go. Um, I think the thing about it is that uh, it, it's so it was on Newgrounds. Um, the soundtrack is all original music on it. Uh, where it's sort of presented as like a rap battle kind of thing, Ugh. except the except the rapping is like it kind of sounds like Vocaloids a little bit, where it's like <laughs> where it's just kind of like like I shouldn't say rap battle because there's melody to the um to the phrases, you know, where but basically the, it's two people. The the animation is two people on a stage. The left side is the computer. Well, they'll kind of you know, like, but it's like a guy singing, you know, that makes those noises. And then like your character, uh, you know, comes back with their little verse, and then you play the rhythm game for a second, right? You know, uh, and yeah, you know, just a, a little game like that. Um, oh boy, I'm I'm going nuts though watching my nephew play it because he plays it all with one hand on the arrow keys, and I'm like, bro, you gotta like, you gotta two hand this shit. You, you gotta, think? You know, 
The two on the right, you play with your right hand. The two on the left, you play with your left hand. I feel like that'd be so much easier. I think but, uh, that, that's funny. Uh, I guess I don't want it to go too much on a tangent with this, but uh, I feel like... So I used to play Step Mania a whole lot on my laptop in uh, high school, and uh, I, I would learn DDR songs by playing it with my feet and promptly get to a DDR arcade machine and go, how the fuck did I do this with even my fingers, let alone my feet? Uh, just being you know, super out of shape and shit. But, uh, I, I feel like uh, it was easiest just using the arrow keys with my right hand. Just with one hand, huh? Yeah, because you, yeah, you got your I, I middle guess... finger, or you got your ring finger and your index finger on left and right, and then middle finger controls up and down. Yeah, yeah. I, um, yeah, you know, I, like, I, 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 I guess I come from playing, uh, there was a game called PSP Revolution, which was like, you know, it was like DDR, that was Whoa. a PSP homebrew game, you know, but you use triangle and circle with your right hand and up and left with your left hand, right? And I played that Whoa. a lot, so that feels supernatural. Or there's a game right now, right now, on Nintendo Switch called Pianista, that is like a bunch of classical piano songs, you know? Uh, that's four lanes, and I find that also easiest to play, like, up and left on one thumb, and X and A on that's the crazy. other thumb, you know? Um, Pianist is kind of sweet, though. It, it also has a six-lane mode, where it's up, it's it's a left, up, and right with your left thumb, and then Y, X, and A with your right thumb rights for six lanes, and it's, it's that's pretty nuts and hard to get used to. Uh, that I, I even... <laughs> Yeah, I even got a keyboard controller for the Switch, you know, where it's like, uh, it's kind of like two number pads, uh, right, um, where it's just a bunch of keys and you can, like, custom define, you know, what Switch inputs you want each key to be, uh, and so I've tried playing it with that, and it's like, it's it's so much easier with a keyboard controller, you know, it feels so much better to play but still, the three, the six lane mode is still just like uh, over my head. Mm. Um, you know, it's 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 pretty tough. Uh, I've seen people get good at it though, and it's it's very impressive to watch. Popo is really good at it for some. Really? <laughs> yeah, he's how I heard of the game. I did not um, think he would be the person that would be good at that. That, that would bring that game to mind. You ever heard of Bust a Groove? It kind of sounds like a mix. I of have, that. yeah. Yeah. Yes, oh, that was my favorite character. <laughs> yeah, he's, that that game was just a weird rhythm game, but I, I I dug it. I wish I could find a copy of it. Funny um, thing about Busta Groove in Japan, that game is called Busta Move. However, there's another <laughs> game in Japan called Puzzle Bobble. I think it's Puzzle Bobble. I might be wrong about this, which we call Busta Move. <laughs> exactly. When they brought Puzzle Bobble over, they renamed it Busta Move in the U.S. for some reason. You know what? So then, when they brought Busta Move over, oh shit! I guess we got to call it Busta Groove. My God, when I saw Busta, like every time I ever saw Busta Move, and this goes from like that time period too, when I was playing Step Mania on my high school laptop. One of the games that every, all the other kids in class will be playing is just this cool little glass bubble game where you shoot it at an angle. And if you can connect based off of like almost like, you know, pool cue-esque uh, calculations of hitting the wall left and right, if you match, you know, sticks and they get enough points together, they fall off and you get points. Hey, cool. What's that game called? Oh, it's, I don't know. It's just like this glass marble bubble game. Uh, oh, what's this? What's this word? Oh, it's called bust a move. Bust a move. Oh. Well, I played that when I was a kid. Bust him. Wait, that's a dancing game. No, 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 it's not. And I'm just ever since then, like a de decades later, I was like, why the fuck is it called Bust him? It makes no sense. It's not like yeah. a, it's like, it's not even like a music game, really.
Yeah, I mean, I guess it's like it's it's I guess it's like what you would say when, you know, someone's like, man, I don't know how to complete this level. And someone's like, check this out. And then they bust a really sick move in the game. And you're like, oh, that's how you do that part. You know, the ricochet into the combo. Oh, he busted a move. Do you really you think know, that's like, it? Is, is that it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't Maybe. Think that's it. <laughs> oh, man. And that that you you just said that with like the exact cadence of uh of 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 fucking the cartoon character um Bill Cosby trying to explain Pokemon to a crowd of forty year old people. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. With the pokey yeah. and the mon, you know, like it's yeah. I don't know. I and can't. The thing, yeah. I you know. Well, that that's how I've always thought of it. When I heard the name Busta Move, that's that that was what I always thought. You know. Yeah. Like uh, you know, my my um, brother introduced me to the game Poyo Poyo, mm. uh, and but his well, he introduced me to Doctor Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, oh. which is a clone of Poyo Poyo or Puyo Puyo. And, uh, but, but, uh, it was colloquially called righteous connection. Um, because, you know, no one wanted to say Dr. Robotnik's mean bean machine yeah. every time that they referred to the game, but in that game, you bust some righteous connections in it, you know? So that was a thing. It's a little embarrassing to say now, but you know, that's, that's what they called it. Yeah, and, uh, and as Flex uh, said here in the chat, I, I've heard uh, Puzzle Bobble as well, and that made way more sense just because it had the word bobble in it. I, I understood right, and, immediately what that was. Puzzles, bobbles, yeah, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Definitely makes sense. Um, yes. And, and is is definitely a better name, yeah. But anyway, so so we got on this little tangent because... Uh, you got a computer. Uh, I yeah got a, a new computer. I went with a pre-built because it's impossible to get a GPU on its own right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can get pre-built PCs, I guess. Um, and I w- I was pretty impressed. Uh, we got uh, the the company is PowerSpec. It's a PowerSpec PC, and I gotta just say I was impressed by the lack of bullshit on it. Like I booted the thing up, and uh, and it is not like when you buy an HP computer or or you know other pre-built that I've seen where the first thing you have to do is go to control panel programs and features and then just like uninstall all the bullshit that they come preloaded with you know yep. none of that it 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 booted up just like one that you built from parts so that was pretty cool so I didn't have to troubleshoot a PC but that doesn't sound like what you were dealing with no, no. What I did was I went and bought a $100 Dell PC from 2014 um, for 100 bucks. It had 4 gigs of RAM in it and a 250 gigabyte hard drive, hard disk drive spinning. Um, it had a, a whatever generation i3 that, that those had in it at the time and uh, not much else. So I bought it because I wanted a dedicated machine to run Fightcade. And uh, Fightcade, if you guys don't know, is a front-end program that runs the emulator program called FB Neo. FB Neo al- allows you to play all these fighting games, uh, and not even some not fighting games, like f- fucking shooter games. Basically, as long as it's an arcade ROM, you and you, there is multiplayer available, 
and it's loaded into this database, you can play it online. This includes games from like, you know, like fighting games, shooting games, even to like top players golf, you know, like fucking the Neo Geo sports games. It's, it's, it's great. Anyway, I wanted a dedicated machine to have as almost a console sort of thing because I wanted to be able to run this with a specific graphics card that I got from Retro Game Hunters, uh, Justin, you may know him. Uh, cool dude, shout out on Twitter. Give him a follow if you if you want. But uh, oh, also on YouTube, Retro Game Hunters. Retro Game Hunting Dudes is their Twitter handle, but Retro Game Retro Hunters. Retro Game Hunting Dudes. That's their Twitter handle. Retro Game okay. Hunters, I believe, is their full name. Uh, but either way, Justin sent me a cool GPU, and it's an it's one of the last um, AMD GPUs that still had native analog video out, and you are able to through a few tweakings uh, with this line of GPUs get 15 kilohertz VGA out. And the reason I wanted that is because 15 kilohertz is the signal on which you will get signal sent to a CRT. Uh, through on like a perfect not, not a professional video monitor god damn it let me let me restart that sentence 15 kilohertz is the consumer grade crt frequency that all tvs ran at you turn an old tv on you hear that loud whine that's why you're hearing 15 kilohertz as a sound wave essentially that's not the yeah we won't go into signal dynamics but anyway i need that because it allows me to give video signals to a TV, like just a normal TV. And if I can plug this PC into that TV and also have my fight stick attached to it, I essentially have what I want to build already as my dream machine, which is I wanted to buy a, a candy cab, like an old Japanese you know, fighting, like not fighting game, but arcade candy cab, and put a PC like this in it. But I was like, well, I could just build it and have a real jank version of it for way less money and time and effort. Um, and I figured I'd go ahead and start building that. So uh, I popped the GPU in, got the Dell set up. It was not like you said that you experienced at all and that you didn't have a whole lot of shit on it. Um, the first thing I noticed was that not only does it have all of Goodwill's shitty Dell image stuff on it, it's also, even though you buy it and they name the account new user, it's fucking user locked. You, you have to use it. You have to, you need an admin password to do anything on it. So I read you say, did you say you bought this from Goodwill? Goodwill. Yeah. Okay. And they like format it Goodwill style. Yeah. Goodwill has their own team where they like wipe hard drives and, and try to put, you know, PCs that they get in donated and. They, they, they bundle them together with a monitor, mouse, and keyboard and try to sell it to people who just need a computer for as little money as possible. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So back to it. So they, they put a, a administrative user on it I was you don't know the password to. <laughs> I was going to go into the programs list and start uninstalling things, but I already encountered the problem where uh, the network was only limited its upload speed to like one gigabit per second or uh, megabit per second. And uh, I was like, hey, that's not workable. So I said, fuck this. And I needed to download... Um, I figured I'd start with firmware updates. So I go to Dell's, you know, support assist program. I make sure all the drivers are up to date and I can't even fucking install support assist because I need a username and password. Like, are you fucking kidding? Like I don't, or a, a fucking admin password. Like you're fucking kidding me. So I just said, fuck you, turn the machine off and reformatted the drive within like 
15, 20 minutes there, and now I have new windows on it, but I still have the network issue. So I'm either going to figure out, um, well, I've narrowed it down to the PC. It's not the cable. It's not the modem. It's not the router. Every other PC works fine, including on that cable with the internet speed test just fine. That one doesn't work, so essentially I'm probably either going to buy a cheap gigabit ethernet card and pop it in there and call it a day or do something else from here but at some point that thing's going to be a cool little not so little big box and that's actually the last thing i wanted to say about it i i was searching dells and and hps specifically because they have those smaller office desktops and i was like well if i'm going to fit something into a arcade cabinet i want to make sure it's small enough to fit but those are all half-size graphics card ports, so they're all, like, discrete, you know. We would never even fit in the small graphics card that I'm trying to fit, so. I looked at either going ITX motherboard, uh, or ITX case, you know, buy some PC parts and put it together for, like, 300 bucks, or buy a Dell PC for 100 bucks and try to make it work. So I was like, yeah, I'm yeah. going to do that, and I'm paying for it in time. Well, yeah, it's, that's an interesting uh, thing where, where um, yeah, if you want analog video out of a graphics card, you know, you can't get one from the last 10 years, maybe even longer. You can, uh, um, but it requires some additional finagling, and there are some um, graphics modes that won't be compatible. It's a series of adapters, and you have to do it through a, a graphics card's DVI port. Well, that's, what I, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, you can use an adapter, yeah. but like, if you want that native analog out, you know, then not going to get it. Find something older. Yep. Yeah. Crazy. Well, in the weeks leading up, uh, you know, that's uh, you know, uh, what have you been playing? So, I've been playing games with my fight stick, having a lot of fun with this fighting arcade setup that I'm trying to build. Um, Namely, some pretty big news. I guess I, I haven't talked about it here yet. But uh, for those who are into fighting games, or at least maybe older games at least, there's uh, also an emulator like FightKid has for FB Neo called Flycast. And Flycast Dojo is a Dreamcast, Sega Naomi, or a Thomas Wave emulator. And people have gotten rollback netcode worked into the build of Flycast. So that means all of these games that were previously inaccessible to Fightcade, namely games that require the Naomi hardware or just, you know, beefier arcade hardware at the time, uh, they're now available to play. And that's huge because the games that I'm talking about are games like fucking Marvel vs. Capcom 2. That is a huge fighting game that no one has been able to play over Fightcade, which is a huge bummer because of how popular it is. Uh world famous tournament game you name it like every fighting game person has that enjoys fighting games has probably at least seen or played this for five minutes and had a blast um there's also capcom versus snk2 um having a lot of fun with that that's like a dream team kind of game where it's got all the capcom and sm excuse me it's got all the capcom and snk characters not all of them but a whole big sizable portion of them in the roster and what makes that so weird uh, from a fighting game perspective is that they're characters from different eras and different licenses, as does Capcom. Capcom will have, like, uh, you know, uh, you know, a Street Fighter character. Like, 
all the Street Fighter characters, and then they'll have like one rival school's character or something like that. Some like lesser known things. They'll have uh, Dark Stalkers. You know, SNK's got Samurai Showdown, all that, all that stuff. Uh, anyway, what makes it weird is how it works together. They're all different kinds of fighting games. KOF does not play like Street Fighter. Street Fighter does not play like KOF. KOF does not play like Samurai Showdown, does not play like rival schools, etc. So what they have is that they have a system called the groove system in the game. And they have C groove, A groove, P groove. S, S groove, N groove, K groove. So C A P S N K. And yeah, what those what about are? S groove. I I think they probably couldn't fit all the ass in the groove system. <laughs> but uh, essentially, it works off of like, hey, uh, if you want to play with this groove, you're gonna have uh, three levels of meter, one super at the end. It's easy. It's basic. Or you can try this groove, where instead of like you playing your characters like these uh, Street Fighter games from like this time period, you could play these Street Fighter games from these, this time period and have like a, a different kind of play style with the same character with different kind of movements. It's like a whole nother, there's like six dimensions to every character essentially is what I'm trying to say. And like there's also a ratio system. Like you don't have to pick three characters to fight your opponent's three characters you can pick two characters and have one that's just beefed up or you can just have one super beefy character it's just like there's there's so much you can do with it um like one mode will eliminate parries one mode will buff your damage but like just oh it's crazy there had to be so much work that goes into balancing this game but um yeah there's there's that there's there's all these games um that are now open and available for people to play that now that I've been enjoying. Namely, a game that I wanted to talk about called Power Stone. Have you ever heard uh, of Power Stone? Dreamcast, right? Dreamcast, yeah. Um, I've not played Power Stone 2 yet, but that's because I haven't had it available to me. But this is the first time I have ever played Power Stone. And if you guys don't know what Power Stone is, like I did about, uh, you know, like a, a week or two ago, it's a Dreamcast game that essentially will remind you of Super Smash Brothers. It is essentially like a brawler kind of like three... It's it's a 3D fighting game. It's not like a, a 2D, you know, single plane kind of thing. Um, it's a 3D character moving in sort of almost like an isometric view, kind of like diagonal angle of a level, like in, in the level that you're fighting in. So you can kind of get the good camera angles of you doing whatever you're doing while still being able to have your opponent on the screen. So it works pretty well camera-wise, um, like Smash Brothers, but it doesn't work like Smash Brothers in that you have the depth. Because Smash Bros. is still 2D, kind of. Well, not kind of, but it's still 2D combat. Um, this is, you have a, all, you know, X, Y, and Z range of motion. Um, and you have, it's a three-button game. You got your slash, your kick, and then your jump. Pretty much everything can be done with punch and kick, and then jump is just a jump. But, like, uh, dude, it, it's it's kind of hard to, to try and explain fully, but, like, you ever play a game called Destrega? Or at least seen a PS1 game called Destrega? It's a really yeah. shitty, like, kind of 3D run-around fighting game where you get power-ups and abilities to shoot each other and like you can choose different anyway uh if you if you don't know what that is you probably won't get an idea of it but essentially okay imagine smash but 3d and not just a fixed camera view behind you it just shows everybody like smash bros 
And um, there's so much shit you can do in each level, level interaction-wise, attack-wise, um, that, that, that it just makes one character you, you can do like so much different surprising shit with them i think and and of course the game is called power stone because there are three gems like three like gems that appear and move around in the level while you're fighting and if you collect all three your character morphs into like a super version of themselves and then, then they have like two different kinds of special attack with an ultimate attack um and uh yeah dude it's it's insane you, you can go around like ninja flying around a wall just dude you're flying all over the place and with a sword and it i don't even know the words aren't coming out they're just falling out of my face right now <laughs> so i i remember see like i i've i've never seen this game but i i've i've always had mild interest in it just because i remember seeing it in a um in a magazine a long time ago. A video game magazine. Imagine that. I read those. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. So I, I remember seeing Power Stone in that. Um, and I remember people comparing it to Super Smash Bros. Uh, and then I never heard about Power Stone again after that. You know, except for just right at first, oh, uh, comparisons to Super Smash Bros. And looking it up, actually, I'm surprised... Uh, Power Stone and Super Smash Bros. 1 came out just a month away from each other. Did they really? That's yeah, crazy. January 99, uh, Super Smash Bros. came out in Japan, and then Power Stone came out like one month later. So that's interesting. That really tells you something. Man, OG Super Smash Brothers compared to Power Stone. Power Stone would put it to shame, man. Like, I love OG Smash Bros. too. That's probably the one I love the most. And I'm not even a Smash fan. I just like that one. But, like, N64 graphics versus... Dude, it's all in just the Dreamcast timing, I bet. I feel like Power Stone would be so much more popular if it was a PS2 game. Oh, yeah. If if Power Stone had been released on a console that didn't flop a month after it really released, you know, or a couple months after, I think it would be huge right now. Because it already is huge, despite the fact that it was only ever Dreamcast. And was it Naomi as well? I don't know if there was ever actually an arcade cabinet for Power Stone, but I do know that uh, Power Stone 2, I didn't play it yet, but I've heard it's not as competitively viable because there are things like certain kind of dash cancels that you can't do under normal circumstances, or they make it harder and you can't do it in a certain way. But I heard that they have six gems on the screen instead of three. So you only need three to morph. So you can have characters be in their ultimate form at the same time fighting which when i heard that i was mad immediately that that wasn't in the game i was playing because that sounds fucking awesome it's one of the best games i think i've played all year power stone retro game anyway yeah so when you say it's 3d because smash bros is 2d 2.5d uh, is what i would you're call right smash 2.5d yeah. meaning the gameplay is on a 2d plane while power stone is it like so? Is it like isometric? Think, or, think a lot um, more. Uh, oh, it's so weird because it's hard to compare. Because when you say isometric, the things that come to my mind are Diablo um, or or Fallout, yeah. but it's not like that at all. You're you're not getting a bird's eye view of your character. You're just getting a not uh, bird following you around camera. You're not getting. It's not first person. It's not. Well, it is third person, but it's not a fixed camera to you. You wouldn't need split screen. You can see what your opponent's doing and you can see what you're doing at all times, but you just, you know, sometimes you might be standing behind something and a camera will never see you. You know, it would never follow you around the object to see you. That's what I'm saying. Okay. You get an isometric view of a 3D level 
I guess. And then are are like all the characters original? Yeah. Um I don't think any of the characters are guests from anything. Um and it is a I'm pretty sure it's a, a, a Capcom game. I want to say. Okay, okay. Yeah, I just asked because with with all the comparisons to Super Smash Bros that that I've heard, you know, I was wondering if maybe it was uh, had that kind of going for it too, or like, oh, you yeah, know, some kind of Capcom fighter. Yeah, it but is. Okay, it it is Capcom. Right. Um, and it was initially released on the Sega Naomi hardware and later ported to the Dreamcast. I didn't know that. Didn't know the Dreamcast was a port of it. Cool. And so are you? Are, so and and you're so you're playing it now. And are you saying you're playing it like online using only some kind of some kind of F- like, Flycast like fan? Okay. Yeah, Flycast is that other uh like CVS2. That's the emula- emulator that it runs the back end off of. Sweet. Yeah, so I've been playing that and you know, it's pretty much all I mean, you can play it by yourself, you know. You can play any fighting game by yourself, but uh, that's just not not me. I, we we have a bunch of people that we play with together um, you know, trying to get people learned and and beginner friendly and and not toxic so we have a couple friends that we always have running sets especially now because a lot of a lot of fighting game fans were power stone fans i'm finding that out it's pretty cool it's a fun game um yeah i I would say my only like (sighs) gripe about it is just that like I think any arc, uh, no, never mind. It's unfair because my gripe about it was going to be related to its controls, but the real problem with that is mostly just on Flycast. Um, Flycast doesn't let you assign different buttons uh, for different ROMs, like 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 Fightcade does. So I can't I can't actually change my controls without changing the controls of everything else I would play to. And the only problem with that is. Um, I guess I guess this is a good good subject to bring up on 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 this kind of podcast where the issue that I'm having is can you see this okay I'm sure it's going to get green screened out but you see a row you, you see two rows of six buttons is that correct uh I I see a joystick mostly right now Okay sorry let me move that over You see that uh, now I see two rows of four buttons two rows of you should be two rows of six buttons let me see if I can Well just... there's two rows of three Yes. For six buttons total. Correct. The two rows but of three all, buttons but where, are green what are the What are the other two buttons then? Uh, irrelevant. I'll explain that in a minute. But oh, okay. essentially, these are the six buttons uh, that you'll see in any um, configuration on a fight stick. And so that's just classic ergonomics, essentially. Now, yeah, um, yeah. the problem is that the buttons for... Uh, the buttons for Power Stone is a three-button game, but it's these top three buttons. And these top three buttons are not bad on their own, but they are so much more comfortable if you can just shift down to using these three buttons. Can you see that? Does that oh, make sense? Okay, so instead of using the three across the top, for like the listeners, Yeah, right? for the listeners. You're saying, so, you, so you've got two rows of three buttons. Two like rows, three saying. buttons, and we're just and using the top of- row. Instead of using the three on the top, you would rather use the two on the left stacked up on each other as well as the middle top one. You want to use like a right angle. I want to take the three top buttons and rotate them one button counterclockwise. I just want to take my wrist and move it ever so slightly to the left so it's in a more natural, relaxed position as opposed to like this. 
Sure, and the reason you can't do that is not because of Power Stone, not because of Power Stone, yeah. but because of the thing that you're playing it on. But I yeah. will say this: so the, it's an arcade game. I don't know what the original button layout is on the machine itself. It could be more comfortable like those three, or it could be the top three on the top. I don't know. And if it is, fuck him. That shit. That shit sucks. Don't do that. That's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was my only gripe. I didn't have a whole lot to, to talk about negatively about that game because I feel like I need to talk about negative things about games when I come to this podcast. But in in like a loving way, I, I really just don't have a lot to talk about 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 uh, Power Stone just because I've been logging so much hours in because I've been having a lot of fun for sure. Um, other games, um, I'll pass that to you. I think I have something else I want to talk about, but I want to hear what you've been playing. Oh sure. Uh, man, I, so I, I've been bouncing around a couple different things. Um, one thing, I don't know how much I'm allowed to talk about because Ooh. it's a Castlevania game and, uh, <laughs> and right. th- th- that's the thing. That's the thing is that like, I want to talk to you about Castlevania bloodlines, symphony of the night legends, 64 you know I, I i've been playing a bunch of castlevania and uh, but uh yeah i don't want to say things too spoilery since uh since you're the other castlevania guy you just have some catching up to do still so i get back on that might. and we'll get back onto that i might um, uh play castle i'm so i might skip the game boy castlevania's or at least just kind of play them sprinkled here in and out because I can't just let a wall stop my Castlevania progress. Um, I <laughs> I know what I want to talk about now. Actually, I haven't spoken about this to anyone yet. Um, but uh, I guess it, well, do you want to talk? Mm. All right. <laughs> so <laughs> remember when we had a game subject that we talked about? what was the last time or if any you had ever purchased a video game for more than a hundred dollars oh yeah but for me the question was more what when was it most recently (laughs) oh yeah okay so or or is that what you just said maybe because i was asking you what was the first time well i have a first time (laughs) i I don't even remember because now it's just like hey what was the last thing you spent a hundred dollars on guess what for me it was fucking a week ago now i had to get uh castlevania legacy of darkness for n64 and that was over a hundred bucks so uh so there you go the legacy of darkness over a hundred bucks absolutely i've seen that um i i have a game now that i can now safely say that i have spent over a hundred dollars on and it hurt but i thought about it a lot and the opportunity presented itself and i couldn't say no especially from hearing what everyone else says about it and how good it is i got aria of sorrow (laughs) ah yeah for the game boy advance sorry i'm showing that off for the camera for everyone on the audio podcast it's this game boy advance game was stuck in its little case for a sec but yeah it's this tiny little thing is a hundred and six dollars i think i paid for it total um yeah with tax but uh the thing was okay so we have a store here called bits and pixels and they do this cool thing where um you know they're a used old you know retro game store they do this cool thing where you can um put your name on a list uh for a game like you just say hey do you ever get this game if you ever get it i'd 
like you to give me a call and they'll call you as soon as they actually get it they won't even put it out on the floor they'll just be like they get new games in and then they check it against their database if anyone's been waiting for it and if they haven't been they just give you a call and i got a call for ari of sorrow and i get maybe one call from these folks once every two or three years and i have a few games on that waiting list so i was like okay i don't know when i'm gonna see ari of sorrow ever again in person if i ever do and uh yeah i know it's expensive everyone says it's the best game boy advance castlevania game i've seen repros but the only repros i've seen of it have really shitty faded labels and here's another repro game i bought recently more for like the aesthetic of it um i've talked about it before on this on the uh, on the podcast before but pokemon green i bought almost entirely because i love the fact that someone produced a beautiful green cartridge and made a beautiful venusaur style s gen 1 label for like pokemon like the charizard and blastoise were i love that so i bought that but that rom maybe it's just this one maker that rom had some bugs in it man i could go to an entire different town passing through it without doing a whole prerequisite to a quest which is like a whole third of the game i could just skip right out the bat and i was like okay that wasn't in the original game there's something wrong with this rom (laughs) yep i've had a similar thing um when i first got uh when i first wanted to play final fantasy 3 the famicom game i bought a uh it, it was a bootleg nes cartridge that had the fan translated version of final fantasy 3 on it um, you know, so it, so it's like because uh, real quick, we didn't get Final Fantasy three. It was only on Famicom. Yeah. So uh, the only way to play it is a fan translation, and there's no NES cartridges uh, existing for it because Famicom cartridges are different. And so you can buy a like a bootleg NES cartridge that someone made that looks really nice and it's got the fan translated version on it. Bought that. It had a bug in it where if you went into like a sub zone, as in like, so you're on the world map, you Final your Fantasy airship. V for the U.S. people, right? No, I'm talking about Final Fantasy three. Oh, I thought for Famicom. Oh, so three for you? I thought three was five at, at, in well, U.S. U.S. three oh. for Super Nintendo is Final Fantasy six. <laughs> God damn it! I'm, I'm talking about. Right. original final fantasy 3 for famicom got it. Go ahead. which we never got in the u.s it right. was one of the ones that they skipped uh so yeah so i got a a bootleg cartridge of it for the nes that had the fan translated version of the game on it and it had this bug where you would land your airship on the world map and you would go into like a cave or something now if that cave had a deeper subzone in it, like a like a door in there that would go into a smaller room. If ever you went that deep into a cave, when you came back out, airship was gone. It, oh. just, <laughs> it just stopped existing. Uh, so the game was unbeatable. Yeah, you know? it, like it, it was it was completely broken. So I got uh, so I got my money back for that. Then I went out and got another one from a different person you know like i went to another seller that had their own version of it same bug uh on that one like on another uh yeah well it wasn't even necessarily the rom i i i actually wish i i 
could look back at it now. I e- so the second the first person that I got it from it was like secondhand, like they were just reselling it or something and didn't make it. The second guy I got it from actually made it, right? And so when I emailed him about it to say that it had this problem, he was like, "Oh, I bet I know how to fix it." And then he sent me another one that was fixed and was totally fine. But yeah, I, he he sent me some technical explanation gobbledygook that I wish I could find now on the email. Yeah. Um, that uh, about like, oh yeah, this game is weird in this way, and so yeah, if you bootleg it like other games, it's not going to work. And he had to do something special to get it to work. I wonder um, if it's like looking for like I wonder if that game specifically requires like one IC or a capacitor that just isn't present on all these repro PCBs. Yeah, that's what I'm guessing cuz like if you there's whole if you look online there's whole databases of like all of the different PCBs that are in different NES game cartridges, you know. This game uses the MCAS-5A-101, you know. That one's got, you know, the this many mask ROMs and, you know, like there there's all these different PCBs and yeah, I'm sure there are some that are less compatible with the way that people do the one size fits all yeah. bootlegs now it makes me wonder though like uh it, i guess that's a subject we could talk about at some other point but like it, well i don't know if it's worth it for us to talk about but is is um is playing the the, the rom of a game or I guess it would be an ISO if you're talking about a disc game. But I guess what I'm trying to say is an ISO disc image will probably always be inherently way more reliable than a ROM patched to a PCB, just because a PCB may have those certain electronics uh, electronics requirements. Yeah, yeah, it's not really anything that I, I considered before. Because um, every disc yeah, is going to be the same. Right, if you want to alter... like uh, that, That's kind of the thing of... Like, with uh with the thing that Voltar made where nowadays um there's a pretty easy way to take an original cartridge of a game and non-destructively modify it so that it can run a different ROM mm. uh that you supply it with so you can take your copy of Final Fantasy 3 and you can uh so- you you know you can solder a module onto the back of the ROM chips that has the translated version of the ROM put it all back together, boom, now you just throw Final Fantasy 3 for Famicom into your Famicom, and it's the English version of it. Uh, and the mod is reversible and stuff and, and, and non-destructive and all that. And that's gonna that's more expensive. It's a lot more work. It's a lot of but, work. Uh, yeah, but, you know, if you're, if you're one of the people like me who, like, you know, wants that that little warm fuzzy feeling of playing it on the original hardware and it's it's the original cartridge in the famicom you know then yeah that's the way to go and hey i guess it's going to avoid the issues of the pcb not being compatible because you're using the pcb question just changing the actual rom chip yep flash carts do you own any uh yeah i have a, a super famicom one do you use it no, not really. Uh, the only thing... Oh, okay, so this actually goes back to that mod thing I was just talking about. That's what I was the talking about. <laughs> yeah, the only thing... The reason I bought... It's an EverDrive. The reason I bought it is simply because I tried to do the translation patch on Shin Megami Tensei 2, my copy of that. 
However, the problem is that Shin Megami Tensei 2 is on a, I think, like, I might have the numbers not exactly correct here, but you'll get the point. Uh, it's on, like, a 2 megabit cartridge, however, when you, or 2 megabyte cartridge, however, the patched ROM, you know, the regular ROM is 2 megabytes, the patched ROM is, like, 2.5 megabytes, oh. so it wouldn't fit back onto the cartridge. And I so think I, I remember like, well, you telling me this, actually. Yeah, so then I was like, well, shit, I guess I just gotta play this game off in EverDrive then, and so that's the only reason I have one. Wait a minute, so hang on. No one else has ever attempted that mod before and said, oh, fuck, we can't. We need bigger chips. <laughs> well, I, I mentioned it on Voltar's Discord, and he sent me a message with, like, these complicated instructions on how to get it to work. Uh, but I didn't do it because I had already <laughs> ordered the EverDrive. I had already ordered the EverDrive. Okay, well, here, um, hang on. There's my follow-up question. Did the EverDrive work with that ROM just fine? Did you have any bugs in the yeah. game? You had like uh, the game did have bugs. I'm not sure if it's because of the patch though. I I've heard that those games just have these bugs uh, in them. Maybe it is because of the patch. I'm not sure. But yeah, there was like an overflow bug where if you buffed a character's agility too much, for example, it would overflow and then their agility would be mm -hmm. either negative or zero or something. And yeah. It was, it was a problem. <laughs> and you know, some of it them... It was a real problem when I couldn't fucking hit the last boss because I buffed my characters. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, you know, it's it would be one thing for bugs like these to just be <sighs> game breaking is always lame but like hilarious just off the wall crazy in your face like just glitches that just make everything weird or funny i th i tend to think that that stuff's just kind of all in good fun for me but that's because i bought you know for my pokemon green run it's a 100 percent on stream game for me if i was playing pokemon for the first time and i had to deal with that shit i uh, know it's over <laughs> The second yeah, I learned that, totally. the second I learned I'm in Lavender Town, uh, way way before I should be, and the game doesn't work then because an event can't happen because a certain NPC wasn't there to trigger. So I don't know something like that. It's like that's unacceptable. How are you just gonna? <laughs> I, I I guess what needs to happen is we need a reputable quote unquote repro kind of place. You know, like is there is there a shop out there that will like do? Well, I guess it's a little—it's asking a little bit too much to ask for any game you want, because man, trying to make a repro of like, I don't know, it's like a 32x cartridge game or something like that—that's probably a specific set of skills that a certain kind of place will possess. But like, something that would just make it so I can trust what I'm buying, you know, to where yeah, it and works. Right, and part of the reason is that, I mean, maybe I just don't know enough about it, but it's like at some point, I mean, are you expecting them to test it, you know? When you're asking about something like Pokemon, how many hours does it take to test a, to single-handedly test a Pokemon ROM and say, yeah, this has no bugs? In my know? case, at least 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, that, that was the thing with Final Fantasy, too. Luckily, you know, this was something that I discovered within the first, like, four hours of the game, you know? Like, it happened immediately. Uh, <laughs> but I'm know. saying the person who made the ROM could have played the game for ten minutes, <laughs> right? Uh, if I was, <coughs> if I was going to be making um, a ROM where I knew, <sighs> I mean, 
at a certain point, you you do have to realize, okay, it's probably one guy doing this. He's 3D printing the shit himself. Uh, He probably hasn't gone through to make sure the ROM is 100% on the game cartridge itself. But, like, can we just get something more than a boot test? Like, can we just, like... If it boots, can we, can we just have a little bit more after that, I guess? If uh, if we start a game and within the next 10 to 15 minutes, everything goes smoothly and, you know, text is fine. Because that was one of the reasons I bought this as well, is I wanted English. I wanted green version, OG green in English. So text is, that can be wonky all day as far as I'm concerned. As long as I can read it and get an idea of what's going on. A fan translation patch, what are you going to complain about? You didn't pay that person for all their time <laughs> right. learning that I language. Mean, yeah. yeah, agreed. That's what like an saying. aside to say too. Is that it's like holy yeah. shit? Is do we live in a crazy time? Yes. where people do this stuff. It's insane. I the second I got on Twitter and started following like Mike Chi, uh, fucking Jeff Chen. There, there's so many people on Twitter just making things for consoles that the OEMs of those consoles stopped even supporting while like the games were still being made. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. people are just making hardware to do things to serve purposes in the future that for for problems that just never existed back then and I think that's just badass. And, yeah. and and you you can't complain too much really you can't <laughs> right and it makes me want to say that like it's a really good time to be into retro games you know because yeah. of all this stuff but then there's the price situation Prices. um <laughs> yeah so yeah uh but hey i mean if you are the type of person that does just download you know buy an everdrive and have it full of every rom on yeah. it well then cool now now that that everdrive in your super nintendo is compatible with all these things that we're talking about. But the concerns uh, of those people right there, that's my that's my point of interest because that's why I brought up EverDrive to begin with is I want to know is it yet viable to be a person who like like me, I'm just really into the technology of the time and like less into the entire software libraries like collectors can be. Is it viable for us to just purchase flashcards and and other such devices and know for a fact that even though we have gone through every possible length to be original hardware and original close to original experience as possible you still skipped one last leg of that race which is having the original disc with an original rom is it enough technology wise knowing right now is it enough to, to to just buy that and go i can be happy I'm getting the original experience. There's no bugs. I'm not going to worry about it. La la la. Fingers plugged in your ears. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you spend I, all this money. I'm not sure because that 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 is a really good point. Because it's like, as far as I'm concerned, if you're playing on an EverDrive or if you're playing on an emulator or something, and you come across a bug, you know, it, it's who knows whether it's the game or whether it's the what you're doing. You know. Um, it's yeah, unfortunately like, it, a it's like a purity thing. It's like a purist's perspective to want to pick up a Super Nintendo with a Super Nintendo controller to play a Super Nintendo game through Super Nintendo cables through all this other wizardry that just got invented to play it perfectly like it was the original. Like it's like a weird vain attempt almost because you're already not doing it like you originally played it anyway. 
like rgb i'm sorry i'm I'm assuming a lot of our audience now i'm talking about people like me who have invested into rgb or component setups with complex switchers extremely expensive cables relatively speaking and not dissing the cables at all but just compared to like an av cable way more expensive um you know that's we're already doing things not like how we did when we were kids well, what what I my argument to that is that we are playing games now the way that we wished we were when we were kids. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like if like I can go back and play the original Half-Life, but hey, the resolution's better now and it runs smoother now just by nature of the fact that my PC is better now, you know. Yeah. And uh but I can say it's, you know, I'm I'm now playing it on the computer that I wished I had when I was a kid, you know what I mean? Uh, and in the same way, yeah, like, you, you know, using a nice CRT and, and good uh, video quality and, and all that kind of stuff. And just, you know, being 30 and not being a kid, I feel like there are certain aspects of games that I can appreciate like I never did before. Um, and so, There's, you know, yeah, yeah I'm, not, I'm not playing like I played when I was a kid, but... Well, there's yeah. hardware. There's hardware parallels to that, too. Like, yes, the... Story-wise and lore-wise, you can appreciate an adult or a, a, a story as a video game with an adult brain way more than you could as a kid game because you have way more of a point of reference for things. But there's also the hardware aspect where I've learned a lot of like interesting and cool things where you know as a kid um, I would have been had my mind blown. Like uh, if I was picking up a GameCube and I was like my mom was you know arguing with the Toys R Us clerk about well, we got this new TV, and I'm not paying all this money to go to an old TV to play this this weird game box for my son. While they're arguing, I go, hey, wait, what's this? And pull off the shelf a little box of cables in it, little blue, red, green, blue cables. And, Mom, here you go. That's all you need. We got a GameCube. That little two minutes right there, $200 on eBay, Three hundred, like 30 years later. A fucking set of component cables with Nintendo on it exploded in price now do you remember that i'm gonna nitpick your example a little bit because wasn't the component cable for gamecube never sold in stores and that's part of the reason it's so expensive probably i was gonna say the smash community going nuts over crts and needing to have that with their melee setups but that's probably also a pretty big contributor that i did not know but I'm just making that an example i I just wanted to i wanted to like be able to tell my eight-year-old self hey kid don't lose these. Really, don't oh, yeah. lose these. <laughs> like, right. like, why? Why? Why would I not need to lose? It's it, they're RCA cables with a multi-out pin that also has like a capacitor in it that doesn't come in any other kind of component cables. <laughs> right, right. So the it's GameCube's like, video output is proprietary. It has then, to be yeah, this you know. cable. <laughs> um, fucking Christopher Lloyd yelling this at you. I can see it. Hey kid, um, do you want to pay forty dollars for this video game? Sure, it looks cool. Do you want to pay seventy dollars later? That's what mm. I thought. Buy it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so that wraps back down, back around to Aria, Aria of Sorrow mm-hmm. uh, that you picked up. Because yeah, I've got a few more. I I have Aria of Sorrow also, but I've got I've got other Castlevanias still left to pick up. 
Um, That's what I was thinking when know. I was buying it. I was like, "What? Well, what did this cost when it was new?" <laughs> right, and and like it's like okay, so you've bought Aria of Sorrow. You've you know, first of all, I support your decision to pay a hundred dollars for it. You well, know, thank you. Good job. <laughs> uh, However, you know, it, the problem with it is that that's the third Castlevania GBA, GBA game. Yeah. So not only have you spent $100 on that game, but you've now bought into a commitment <laughs> to get the first two also. <laughs> I already did. Well, so yes and no. It's not another Band-Aid to rip off from me because I already committed at the outset of this to, to buy every game physically just because I wanted yeah. to have them all together. Little did I know the market was going to explode like it did. Um, but I would, I, I can say though that I happily probably own every Castlevania that I need to worry too much about in the storyline wise. Um, that's probably going to rack my fucking wallet like crazy. Uh, I, like I, I'm not, I'm probably not going to buy Chronicles. I might rather just emulate that. Um, unless I can find a copy of it for a reasonable price, of course. But like, I've got Super Castlevania Four. I've got all the all three of the NES Castlevanias. I have the Adventure on Game Boy, and the rest of the Game Boy games are repros. So I don't know how I'm going to feel about those. But I I saw a Facebook ad for Marketplace Man. All the all the repros that I needed, except for the first game, which coincidentally I already owned uh, for like I think it was like forty bucks for Kid Dracula. Uh, Castlevania uh, 2. Um, what's it called? What's the second one? Belmont's Revenge. Belmont's Revenge, yeah. That's the Game Boy one. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Game Boy one. Yeah. I, so I got that one as a repro, and then I also got Castlevania Legends with Sonya Belmont. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not at all upset by that, because if Koji Igarashi himself tells me not to play Legends, I'm not going to be upset about not paying $100 for it. And I and i've heard i've heard that the story is pretty well butchered too so it's essentially like uh castlevania lords of shadow the 360 ps3 game that everyone was pissed off about i understand this is essentially just the game boy advance or game boy version of that Oh, where, gotcha. where the story like, is just butchered, right as yeah. far as it not really being part of the story yeah which sucks too because um, sonya belmont looks like a cool character she looks like a really cool like a, like she was the only female belmont protagonist at the time yeah and that's one of those is. things that i i just don't get too caught up in you know like i i honestly so i've played a played a lot of castlevania at this point yeah and i don't give a shit about what like the overarching story is really thing like oh did you know that in this one you're playing as the son of the character from this game and i'm like i don't, I don't care you know, I just want, I want to be rocked. I want the soundtrack to be rocking and the gameplay to be rocking. And, and I'm, and I'm happy, you know, and there's a little story happening within, right? When death comes in, he's like, your, your, your mortal soul will not survive and stuff. I'm into it, you know? But the moment I start thinking about like, well, why is death in this game? I killed him last game. <laughs> you know that I don't care about that. Well, that's right? not the story that I was going to refer to. But uh, when it comes to the Belmont lineage, that's what I'm interested in because there's you can tie, there's like hints 
and like throwbacks to different points in time in the Belmont character history in certain video games. And I just want to get a lot of those references, you know, that come up. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that's going to happen. And also, another thing is I got into Castlevania by watching the anime. And I watched the anime by going, eh, it's a retro gaming series, you know, maybe I'll like it. And um, man, that was the worst disingenuine <laughs> version of, of of how I felt about that possible. I was more like, I've always heard Castlevania was good, and I've all, ever since I was a kid, I've heard the phrase "Symphony of the Night" followed by good things in the rest of that sentence. Um, yeah, but I didn't even really understand what Castlevania was growing up, all the way until when I was a streamer. And then saw, oh, it's a guy with a whip. That's kind of cool. Platformer, whatever. And then I saw the anime. I was like, whoa, this shit's actually kind of badass. So I wanted to get into all that and figure out, like, where does Trevor Belmont in the anime uh, actually appear in the storyline? How are they changing the storyline in the Castlevania anime? Which, by the way, side note, um, there are different things from the games for sure in the anime but i'm kind of a fan i think it no matter what it's still pretty good probably helps that i saw it first instead of played the games first but i yeah, like it. i mean i i've heard pretty universal praise uh for the anime mm-hmm. um but yeah yeah i i mean i i, I had a, a similar thing where like um uh growing up um i always heard that castlevania was great and specifically the one that i heard about the most i did feel well the thing is i i've always been into metroid right and so the thing about metroid is that people say metroidvania why because of castlevania right so then when i was like yeah i'm gonna I'm try out castlevania so i got the first one for nes uh i was very surprised when it was not a metroidvania you know and it's just yeah. a action platformer but i was glad like the game is awesome and i I, you know it's it's the platforming and shit is so good um i I, I should say though actually you know what it's not like the first one was my first castlevania now that i think about it the first one i played was actually dawn of sorrow for well when okay yes hang on i'm remembering more when (laughs) i was a kid my brother had castlevania 2 and that one was an adventure where you go into <laughs> town and talk to people and shit. And then way later, I played Dawn of Sorrow for DS. And that one is a Metroidvania, you know? So then when I was an adult and was like, I'm going to get, I'm going to start at the start and play Castlevania one. That's when I was like, wait a second, this is, this is not like the other ones. Uh, mm-hmm. But I was very pleasantly surprised because it was just Dude, such a great game. How bad did Castlevania the Adventure break me that I feel like I haven't played Castlevania and I feel like I haven't played in a year, man. It's been so long since I've played Castlevania and I love it and I want to. Yeah. It's just like I keep, I keep thinking about the Game Boy and it's just like I'm going to fucking yeah. break you. <laughs> and for you it, for you it's probably particularly shitty because you're such a Game Boy fan in general. It is. It's like wait a second, the Game Boy one sucks. Hang on. Now, there um, are no shortage of shitty fucking Game Boy games. I I'll mm-hmm. always admit to that no problem, but when I was a kid, I would say I had maybe like half and half really good games and really shitty games and i enjoyed them all because i was a kid what else are you gonna do you don't have any reference for what good or bad is yet but um i would say one of the things that uh i feel like gives me an interesting pathway into the into kind of the the genre is you mentioned how you started off and then you played the classic vanius and then you're like whoa this is not what i was expecting i 
um, started off ever first ever with Metroid 2 Return of Samus um, on the Game Boy. That was one of my original Game Boy games that I got when I was a wee lad, before five years old for sure. Um, and I played that and loved it, but that was also that 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 that's that uh, that Metroid didn't have a map in it. You just had to kind of get lost in it, and I I did. I got lost. I didn't know where to go. Everything looked the same, especially on the fucking Game Boy. Uh, so yeah, I got lost, and I just had fun shooting and playing around. And once I got stuck and didn't know where else to go, I just stopped playing it. Um, so I had fun, but then I went into the Castlevania series much later, playing the classic Vanius. <laughs> so I've yet to play uh, Metroidvania, Metroid Cast, Metroid or Castlevania. But I have gone through all of the Bloodstained games, except for the most recent, uh, the most recent release, as well as played uh, Blaster Master Zero now. And Blaster Master Zero is a Metroidvania. I was like, this is all these games feel very familiar. And I was like, oh wait a minute, blue mini map, black areas where I haven't been. Got it. Yeah, <laughs> feels yeah, yeah. familiar. Um, We're here. Hey, if you're if you're into Metroidvanias, I would very much recommend Hollow Knight. But uh, oh yeah, yeah, we need to play Hollow Knight. Yeah, okay, so speaking of Bloodstained, though, um, we're 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 kind of we're all over the place today a little bit. But uh, so just last night, so I I played Bloodstained right when it came out, and I mm-hmm. did not finish it. I didn't like it very much. I'm talking about Ritual of the Night specifically. Yeah, and I can see Cur- that. Curse of the Moon came out first, and Curse of the Moon is fucking rad. Full agree. I love that game. Dope. Love it. Uh, super recommendation. But Ritual of the Night, I didn't really like very much. Just last night, I was convinced to uh, try it again, right? Now that I've played Symphony of the Night, mm-hmm. uh, I was like, all right, you know what? I'll load up Bloodstained again. I'll try it again. And man, did that game spend, uh, waste no time in reminding me of all the things I didn't like about it. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Like, you know, yeah, yeah, me too. And that's kind of what scares me about Symphony. But I have faith because everyone fucking loves Symphony. Um, but man, I... I I'll let you get into it, but all I'll say is mm, crafting system. In in Bloodstained? Hate it. Yeah, it, that oh god. Get bent. So yeah. Um what and, and to cap off the Castlevania discussion, what I can say also is I, I would recommend that you just move on from the adventure because of all the of so of all the Castlevanias I've played so far, which is you know, like all of them uh, up through <laughs> Up through and including 64 at this point, I would say the Game Boy ones are on, they're all on a tier lower than all the non-Game Boy ones. I know, I know. They're just not as good. They're fine, but, well, the adventure isn't fine. (laughs) Two two and Legends are fine, but, like, they're they're still just not in the same... Uh, echelon, right? As the as the others, uh, and then Symphony of the Night, fucking amazing! It's an amazing game. I I look forward to seeing you play it. Yeah. Um. Um. I I guess I I know that I myself have YouTubed the fight with Dracula in Castlevania: The Adventure. I saw what happens. I saw what happens when you beat him. And I saw what happens with the credits, the castle tumbling like the NES, and I just sat there and went, I have to do it. 
<laughs> I have to do it. <laughs> it's I, not good enough. It's not good enough to just see what I know is going to happen. I need to know that I'm good enough to make what I want to see happen happen. <laughs> but it's like, oh, that game is such a pain in the ass. With yeah, I mean, let alone everything else the awful platforming the shitty design the the unfair traps of monsters well really the unfair traps of monsters is one of the, the worst parts about it but the the simple fact that in order to beat the game with just a moderate level of difficulty and just kind of breeze by after only a couple deaths the only way to do it is by preserving your fireball whip the entire time and any other way mathematically not going to work out well for you i've tried it i've done run after run it doesn't work you need to preserve that thing and that alone just makes me hate the game because much like ritual of the night or ritual of the night bloodstained it's a simple game mechanic that is forced on you that shouldn't really be there as as anything other than a enthusiasts will want to get this sort of to do item for the game what i'm talking about is the crafting system with ritual of the night the the crafting system is such that like there's certain things that you have to make in order to progress the story at least that's how i remember it being anyway or at least uh to or like items that have stats that you can only get to beat a certain boss easily by doing this in this area and getting that weapon it kind of that that crafting system feels like something that you want to play with in the end of the game or yeah. be a completionist about. So, all right. So I I, I tried Bloodstained again <clears throat> last night, Ritual of the Night. And uh, now that I've played Symphony of the Night, originally, I think part of the reason that the game underwhelmed me a lot at first, what I thought, is here's the problem, is that they did the Kickstarter for it, and it was super awesome looking, and and like I was super pumped about it. But then it took years for the game to actually come out. Like it took a long time after the Kickstarter, uh, and they had to delay it a few times and stuff, which is fine. Delay your game. Problem is, it did take a long time, and in that time, in that span of time between Bloodstained Kickstarter and Bloodstained release. Hollow Knight came out oh. <laughs> and totally changed the game as far as Metroidvanias go. Um, so then Bloodstained came out and it was super overwhelming. So now, but now I'm like, okay, I'm going to go back. I'm going to try it again. I'm going to try to like it, right? Um, man, very first thing, I could not get the controls to bind the way that I wanted because oh. they. Uh, I, this game's got very weird control binding shit. I want to play it with a keyboard, right? Play other games with a keyboard. They feel great. Want to play this one with a keyboard. But I think that you kind of have to play this game with a controller for a couple reasons. Firstly, it does not allow you to bind the arrow keys to things, right? I've said before, my I know like like this is kind of a me thing, but <laughs> I like WASD for my character movement, and then I put all my actions on the arrow keys, right? I played a lot of Binding of Isaac. It really put that in my head. Hmm. But then, you know, so I started putting that on other games, and no other game has complained about it for the most part, right? You know, fucking Wings of V, Hollow Knight, other games work just great with contr- with putting the controls like that, but Bloodstain just refuses to let you use the arrow keys for actions. So I got to use the number pad instead. 
Um, but then you run into other issues like, okay, so if you if you put the controls the way that I like them, then like the switch tabs function of the menus is like six and three on the number pad, <laughs> uh, w- which is just super fucking weird and awkward. But also the menus just don't really work with the controls the way that you want that like it's hmm. like the menu controls are separate from the regular controls where you want to just be like all right fuck it it turns out that z and x are still confirm and cancel and so when you go to the menu you just shift your hands over to the arrow keys and z and x to move around the menu yeah. and then back to their regular position for gameplay which is kind of annoying also also, the game has this directional thing where there are some powers that you can aim in a 360-degree axis, and you have to use the mouse for those. So, like, you have to take your hand off the action, and now and now here, okay, here is where I'm right, by the way. <laughs> if you're listening to this, and you're saying, Dash, this is all just because of your fucked up controller situation that you want to do. No, no, no. Here's the deal. In order for you to use the directional powers in this game, you have to take your right hand off of the keyboard and put it onto the mouse, which means in normal gameplay, if you didn't change the controls, that would mean that you're taking off, you're taking your hand off of your movement controls. You know what I mean? Would you way rather... I have a question for you that it's very pertinent to this because okay um in Street Fighter I play Zangief <clears throat> he's a grappler the way grappler uh or a lot of grappler motions uh are called command throws are uh they're not just a normal throw you have to input a certain like button combination but with grapplers they're not button combinations they're stick movements with grapplers there's a lot of quarter quarter or half circle back forward so a half circle movement and then forward or what I prefer a full 360 motion. So you spin the stick around. So Mm -hmm. you're saying when you need to do a 360 full range of motion, you take your hands off the movement keys of WASD to use your mouse to do that. Is that correct? Uh, Okay. A couple things. So no, because WASD is your left hand, right? Yes. Uh, so you have to, but it's your mouse, and if you're right-handed, you're gonna take your oh, right. Oh wait, hand I'm sorry. You said you, you use the arrow keys on the right side for your movement. Uh okay. So yeah, I got a little confusing there with what I was saying. Let me sorry. let me okay. Let me start that little part over. Yeah. This is uh, I was so on default controls. Default controls, you would be using the arrow keys with your right hand to move your character, uh-huh. and then like Z, X, and C and stuff to do actions with your left hand. Okay. Those are the default controls, meaning if you would want to do the 360-degree range of motion, you have to take your hand off of the arrow keys, which is your character movement, and I think that sucks. Have you tried not doing that? Well, yes. You have to use the mouse, and the reason is because it's not like you're trying to execute a full circle to do like a grab attack, or like it's, it's not like an input like that. It's the aiming. It's it's oh, that there okay. are certain yeah yeah there there's certain powers in the game uh, where okay. your character stands still and you aim in a 360 degree arc where you want to move. This is designed for an analog stick, right? Yeah. So okay, 
you know, okay, I get that you can't really do that with a keyboard because it's a 360-degree thing. This is why I'm ultimately thinking, okay, this game is just designed for a controller. Well, wait a minute. No, that's, um, that's what I was going to say. So with um, with people who don't use sticks, so they use... Um, uh, uh, they use what are called hitboxes, or for the people who just want to be, you know, cheap about it, they'll actually put like a, a a wads keys or arrow keys on a fight stick and use it as a function like that. They still do those range of motions, three sixty or not, aiming. However, you would do, they would just go, okay, well, I need to aim with a corner, so I'm gonna go up and then just like kind of tap the right a little bit. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And you just kind of input left or right with uh with your up and right, <laughs> like kind of adjust it that way. It, 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 I guess it really wouldn't work at all because uh, you're going to need an analog range of motion to give you the precise input because you're only going to get uh, 45 degrees, 90 degrees, or zero with arrow keys, exactly. aren't you? Yeah. Yes. What what I am describing is a move in a side in a side scrolling game, a move that you can shoot in any direction circularly. And yeah. you need to be able to aim that. Gotcha. Now. And you and, and yeah, and and you can't. It's not like you can use left and right to make it scroll around a circle or something like that. And there's no option like that. If you're using a keyboard, you have to take your hand and put it on your mouse and use your mouse, uh, which is kind of annoying. So you kind of have to play this game with a controller, I guess. All right. So we're past all my bitching about the, the controls. controls. <laughs> um, but that that is definitely something about the game that is very annoying. Uh, with Ritual. Yeah, with Ritual of the Night. In yeah. general, like if you want to play this game on a keyboard, it's going to be a fucking nightmare. Um, like True. it's, it, it it only technically supports it, uh, and that sucks. Now, but I, I got other problems with the game though. Like, uh, I just think that the art style is ugly. Mm. Like I. I like the art design, you know, like I like the designs of the monsters and stuff, but I think that the like unreal engine and I like cell shading in general also, but I think that everything like the, I I feel like everything looks extremely cheap Yeah, and also like the characters are cell shaded, but the environments aren't. And the environments look very, very plain and flat and yep. boring. You know, the characters are cell shaded with lots of contrast and they're very colorful, but the environment is just like flat and drab and boring looking. Um, and man, one of the first things that happens in the game, you're on like a ship and it's like raining and you go outside and it is the worst looking rain I've ever seen in my life. You know, a lot of games, they like to use the wet rainy environment because all of the like, you know, reflections on wet surfaces look really good in games. And it's usually a really easy way to be like, yeah, look how good our game looks, huh? You know? But, uh, oh, God, it just looks laughably terrible. And then you get into these conversations with characters, and it's just, it's it's not like, first of all, it's not concise. There's a lot of talking in the game. Uh, and and uh, But the voice acting is boring, you know? It's not terrible, and so it's funny, and it's not good. It's just boring, and there's a lot of it. And it's presented in like a visual novel style yeah. of just here's two characters on the screen. And when the one person that's talking is talking, they get bigger. 
on the screen, which I always think looks really fucking bizarre because it looks like it's... Like, have you seen this before in these fucking visual novel games where the character that's speaking physically gets larger I have, on but the it's screen? Never, it's never bothered me, though. It, oh, it, <laughs> like, why are they a giant in the conversation? It looks so weird. Um, I mean, it's just a visual uh, tool to, to, to denote who is who, right? Because in... in well, <laughs> A lot of a lot of visual novel games. A lot of anime characters look the same. I'm just gonna <laughs> throw that they out have, there. It's all voice acted. They have different well, voices. Yeah, and it says the character's name on the screen. And every character that's not talking is like grayed out or like darkened. Oh, you that's know? that's not common. I would say that's probably so the so the game it has all these indicators of who's talking you don't need to darken the per- the people that aren't talking <laughs> we get it they have voices and their name is on the nameplate do you know what the um do you know what the weird 3d equivalent the awkward 3d equivalent of that is is in oblivion whenever like an npc talks to you your whole world just zooms away from you in a second and your entire oh, yeah. head cracks your neck to swivel at the character who then zooms aggressively into your face on the camera like i heard you were doing this i got you this or something like yeah whoa it's very it's very (laughs) uncomfortable especially when they're like looking up at you you know (laughs) so you got this weird ass camera shot yeah it's just a giant baby person (laughs) oh bethesda games anyway um so 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 all the talking is just presented in this way you know and then you get and then you get into like the crafting right you first get into town and now you get into this crafting system where it's like there's all these foods you can make in order to permanently increase your stats yes. and i'm into that you know I i'm like that, yeah though. dude i'm gonna craft food and it's gonna permanently increase my stats and that's gonna be awesome right no no it's not awesome because it's like oh you want to make a pizza huh well you're gonna need cheese how do you get cheese like so you just have this big fucking list of shit to make right some of them are foods and some of them are ingredients for foods because you highlight the pizza and it's like oh where do i get cheese and pizza dough i don't know oh there are other items also on the crafting list pizza dough how do i make that oh i need fucking make it stop (laughs) and uh water and like all the shit that you need to make and it's like where do i get any of this i don't fucking know you know you need milk and other shit in order to make the cheese right i took one trip to the fucking kitchen in that wacky ass castle it didn't find any of it and left (laughs) <laughs> so yeah, so you need to like because and so you you look at all this shit that you can craft and all of the different things that you need to craft it. You need to like take out your actual grocery list notepad and write down all the shit that you need because you don't have any of it so that you can then go over to the vendor who for some reason is like three rooms away is the person that sells you shit that you can use to cook with oh and in so the you, home like the home base you established yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 
Like three rooms away, you have to go to talk to the vendor to sell you the stuff. Too. But when you exit the crafting menu for to go talk to the shop real quick, now the guy starts fucking talking to you about some story shit that I don't care about because I'm I got this laundry list of shit that I, the grocery <laughs> list that I, of shit that I want to go buy. But he's like yakking, oh, you know, the castle was once. I don't care. So I'm need to make pizza. Over. Get fucked. Leave. <laughs> so you go over. Over to the vendor she starts talking to you about story shit that you don't care about because you're busy <laughs> with something and then you open up this huge list of shit that you can buy from her but she has like two of the things that you need uh, to to uh, to cook with and it turns out that you need to get the rest of the shit from monsters and you around. can't afford it yeah yeah so then finally you get to a boss battle and I just think that the boss battles are where the where the game play Shines. really stands out that it feels like shit to play. Oh. Opposite. Like when you're running around and you're just like jumping and kicking the 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 candles, you know, it's like, yeah, okay, this feels fine to play. You know, you're fighting all the different monsters. Yeah, this feels fine to play. But then you fight Zangetsu early on in the game, and yeah. holy shit, does this boss battle feel like ass. Yeah. Like, I don't know, just all of his moves and the way that they're telegraphed and the size of the hitboxes versus like the animation that he's playing. The timing. Everything about it just feels like absolute ass, and I'm just like, man, I just don't like this game. You know, it's well. The thing is, you're meant to lose that battle, but the game gives you uh, an immense reward. I want to say, if you win it, story wise, yeah, like- I, maybe I missed something. I game o- I, I if I lose on that battle, it just game overs me, and and I have to load the game. I remember having to. I thought I was game over, and I remember having to do it a lot because that fight sucked. May, uh, I, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't remember know. beating it. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah. uh, well, well, shit. Maybe I'm doing something wrong, and I missed well, something. Let me let me but let the me ask point you this: is, With okay, the, yeah. there was a boss. Um, geez, I guess I should have said spoiler alert for a little while ago. But there's a boss uh, that um, you get the umbrella weapon from. Do you remember her? Yeah. She was like some crazy... I don't even remember what she was. She was like a demon, like, succubus lady who thrived on, like, blood. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. like a succubus. And uh, she... Well, hang on. Okay, I don't want to get into mythology. Something close to that. Uh, The fight, essentially, is such that her attacks cause you to bleed immensely. And your blood, essentially is all over the floor and then you find out a little for me in my case i found out a little bit late and had to redo the battle over and over again i was pissed off as fuck at it but it was one of those mechanics that made me appreciate how to learn how to take apart a boss fight um it was where all your blood would be on the floor and then she'd have the ability that where depending on how much blood was on the ground all of that blood would like rush back up into her and heal her so like you had to figure out a way to not get hit while damaging her and then also counterbalance the healing that she's doing to herself and uh it was a really tough fight but you got that ability if you you if you equipped her weapon the the, the umbrella the like the parasol weapon it was really cool <clears throat> 
Yeah, I do remember getting that far the first time I tried the game. I remember beating that boss and getting the suck up the blood ability and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just man, I I just like I, the I, I feel like I feel like this first boss that I'm on is just it, it, it's really uh just exemplifying just that, that the game it, I really don't like how it feels yeah. uh to to uh oh, play, I- which is funny because it does feel pretty similar to symphony of the night but symphony of the night's bosses were just designed a lot better it seems like you know i was gonna say one thing at least artistically you were mentioning earlier uh one thing i think is a uh that that suffers a lot is the translation from 2d to 3d even though it's still 2.5d style gaming you know the the point five is what i'm talking about here the point five being that it's a 3d world unreal engine all that sort of thing in a game that was designed in a, in a, in a 2d sense with oh, excuse me with like pixelation you know meant to have these bright colors explosions and you know, it wasn't meant to be 3D with reflections and static lighting or dynamic events happening and changing that sort of thing. Like that sort of thing can be done well, but uh, if you look at a, cer- a certain couple of fighting games, like King of Fighters 13, is one of the most beautiful pixel art games you'll ever see in your lifetime. Uh, in fact, it almost bankrupted them, bankrupted them for how much time it took for them to draw all the animations of each individual sprite who. If you didn't know better, you thought you almost might be looking at a 3D kind of character. That's how well and high resolution they were. Um, and then that game went to KOF 14, straight into two, uh, 3D or 2.5D combat. And man, it didn't help that KOF 13 almost bankrupted them, and so therefore they didn't have as much of a budget for 14. But it looks like ass. And there's just so many things that you can tell on a visual level would look way better if they were just bright sprites on a crisp CRT arcade monitor versus an LCD monitor showing you 3D renderings, hopefully at at 60 frames a second, of stuff happening. Things just don't have the same impact in 2.5D, like visually, as they did in 2D. And it's almost like a weird opposite effect of how, like, like... CGI movies right now, like CGI 3D graphics, they'll be like combat from like uh, a character like Black Panther and or or and uh, there was like a scene with a, in Black Panther versus like the main enemy with Black Panther or whatever where they're just falling in this void and hitting things as they fall down but still fighting each other and it and it was talking about how none of those impacts where they would hit something or none of the punching looked real so it didn't feel like it you could, like you couldn't physically empathize with the pain of the person getting punched in the face so to speak um, because it just looked like cgi so like it's the opposite of that in that with 2d sprites you don't really have a point of reference you just have this weird cartoony like uh crazy action sequence going on with all these crazy lights going off to supplant the experiences you're not getting from seeing it in person (laughs) so like you have all this stuff going on but as soon as you go to the the 2.5d and you use all those old school 2d animation effects and styles of create creating what you're doing I feel like it's got that same problem of, yeah, that doesn't look right. It doesn't sound right. It doesn't hit right. I I think one really 
like a a very relevant thing is is curse of the moon right like i mm-hmm. i'm i'm bitching a lot about ritual of the night but again i can't say enough good things about bloodstained curse of the moon the 8 bit style yes. action platformer that they did as like a kickstarter bonus for ritual of the night that game is 8 it's 2d and it's 8 bit style and uh, or it, yeah, it's a, it's eight bit pixel art style, and not only is it pixel art, but it's done right. You know all those things that I've bitched about about how, things that I don't like when games do with pixel art. Bloodstained Curse of the Moon doesn't do any of that. The game looks incredible in well, its two D style. It like super stylish. It's got a cohesive style where everything looks like it's the same game and it all belongs together and it looks amazing right but then ritual of the night is like like i'm saying you've got these colorful cel-shaded characters on this flat like it's supposed to be realistic but it it, it just looks cheap kind of environment you know yeah it's like Um, a discount dark souls kind of look to it and a lot of things like, you know, the, and yeah, yeah, just like a lot of the animations on things just don't look very good. Like certain enemies will just perform actions and there's not enough like, uh, I, I don't know what like the animation term is for it. But, you know, when like if a um, certain keyframes need to have very few tweens on them, right? To yeah, like, so it's, it's to denote faster motion. Quickly. Yeah. So you'd have yeah, fewer yeah. frames of animation from point a to point b to denote just instant speed yeah right but a lot of the animations in this game look like they took all the keyframes which were staggered weirdly because there's different speeds that it's supposed to go at but they just evened them out right so the characters go through these kind of like awkward motions that don't look like they have any physics to them they don't look like they're a character in the with gravity you know exactly what i'm talking about with like kof 14 with those 2.5d graphics it's 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 anime as a 2.5d video game using anime techniques for a 3d object and that just never works well but i i I, i'm happy to say that you and i talked about this the other week the industry is learning really well from this and and developers like um like uh arxis games are Arxis works or Arc? God damn it! Arc system works is the work. Yeah, think, yeah. They make Dragon Ball Fighters, Blaze Blue, uh, um, um, Grand Blue Fantasy versus and uh, fucking Guilty Gear, and they're using 3D models just like all these other games are, but they're painting them in a way, and and they're giving them the same an- animation frames as a 2D animation character in a 3D space. So you get the cell-shaded look. Like, a 3D cell-shaded sphere looks like a circle. So think about that, and now think about that circle being the shoulder of a character. Now, you have an actuating arm, if you imagine that sphere, but when that sphere is moving in a 3d space with no actual like markings on it to denote movement, you just see a, a, a circle that's in place. So like it uses that technique and puts like all this anime art over these 3d, you know, models and it just looks fucking fantastic. But the games right around that transition time didn't quite figure that out. They'll just, they just said, let's just make 3d art like 3d models and uh animate them like they're 2d and it 
it has the same effect. It, it in in Ritual of the Night, it doesn't come off in a natural flow looking sort of way. It looks not like you said. Like the the physics aren't there. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. And there, there there's a couple things about the game that I do like. You know, I like the character designs themselves quite a bit. Uh, David Hayter plays Zangetsu, and that's just that's just fucking the chef's kiss. Who is that that's again? Fantastic. I know that name. He was Solid Snake. That's right. Yeah. Oh man, like, that's crazy. That's just such a great thing <laughs> to do. Um, so I, you know, it's. I'm gonna have a weird opinion about that. I didn't. I still and still have not played any of the Metal Gear games at all. Um, so when I heard Zangetsu's voice for the first time and didn't know who he was or why people would find that interesting, I just get this fucking, fucking Christian Bale Batman motherfucker talking like this. And I'm just like, oh, could you just not? I hated Zangetsu the instant I played Ritual of the Night because he was so cool as a 2D pixelated cool samurai demon hunter guy. And then, and then he's got to have, he's got to have the Dark Knight voice, dude. I was like, oh, I hate you. And, like, I liked him a whole lot. You play as him in Curse of the Moon. So, of course, you kind of learn to like him. You learn to like his aesthetics, his attacks, and all that sort of thing. And then you fight him in Ritual as Miriam. And I was okay with that because Miriam is my favorite. I was so happy Miriam's the the main character because I love Miriam the most in in Ritual. And that's not just because of Castlevania because her main attack is the whip. But it's only just because she's just a cool character. I liked her color her sprite was was cool looking and i liked the whip the whip attacks felt natural so i wanted to get used to that because i knew i was going to start playing castlevania for the first time after anyway but i got into the idea of playing miriam and you please don't get to for the first time loving him as you play him in the first the curse of the moon and then he's just this fucking cringe lord asshole and i was like <laughs> get out of here and of course he's ultra powerful so he's beating your ass with that awful voice and i'm just like i yeah. i don't like this game so far <laughs> well that, that- that's what is great about the solid snake voice too is that it is so ridiculous you know um that like people who are super into metal gear solid and uh and like david Hayter a lot you know it, it's it's an iconic voice it's not it's not the best yeah it's right? a fan service thing but it, yeah yeah but it's it you know that's how it was and that's how it shall be that's the fucking solid snake voice and uh and everyone loves it uh, you should play Metal Gear Solid, by the way. Um, you know, Dude. Take all this Castlevania shit and throw it in the trash, <laughs> and you should definitely just dedicate like two weeks and just play through Metal Gear Solid, the I have one, a, two, and three at the very least. I have a counterpoint. Mm-hmm. Sam Fisher. Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, and 3 <laughs> are not optional. I'm telling you. Not optional. Well, wait a minute. No, I didn't say they were. I'm just asking. Sam Fisher, comparable? Nah, I've never, I've never played. Uh, what Splinter, is it, Splinter Cell? Cell? Yeah, yeah. I've actually never played Splinter Cell. I've played. Well, I rented the first one from Blockbuster for Xbox. Loved it. Um, for the time, immensely cool, uh, realistic mechanic of needing to hide the body that you just killed in the shadows so the patrolling npcs don't see it in alarm um loved that loved sneaking through air vents and all that shit it was a really cool stealth game probably one of the coolest stealth games i played since siphon filters demo on ps1 um but (laughs) 
a it didn't have a, a taser that i could tase people's nuts until they caught fire didn't have that so mm-hmm. big bummer there but also b uh sam fisher is as a character seemed pretty cool but like that's because he's like a novelized character from a book as far as i understand so yeah i dug it i i enjoyed my time with it and i played i think i played like five minutes of chaos theory on a kiosk in a mall maybe oh yeah i didn't get to play too much of that but did you have to crane your neck up like it was giving you a headache while you were playing it because i think i had enough of a growth spurt by this time my Uh, leg my legs were hurting not my neck Well, all right. Uh, yeah, I I don't even remember what I talked about besides Bloodstained, but uh, mm. but you know, there's been a a, a few. I, I've had a lot going on. I'll, I'm all I'm all loaded up for next time, also to speak. Yeah, I might be um, too. I I, I, I have a, another game that I that I could uh, talk about for sure that I started. Um, and I, I of course I can't remember what it is right now. <laughs> oh sure sure. But yeah, to give you, I, I guess you know, to just to mention it. I, I mean, I don't know. If, I don't know if anyone's a fan of speed running, but I started. I kind of have started dabbling in speed running again uh, with Final Fantasy VII, and it's been it's been real great. Congrats on but that run! I'll have a whole bunch more to talk about that at some other time. I'm sure. I saw really... I, I saw a run with a result that I thought felt congratulatory. I won't spoil it. Ah, yeah, but. Yeah, it was great. Cool run. But I'll 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 have beaten it by next time you hear me, I'm sure. I'm sure you would. All right. Anything else uh that you got on your mind for uh for today? No. I think I'm I think I'm uh I think I'm all tuckered out for it's past midnight here. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, we will uh see you guys in I guess 2 weeks if you're up to date on the podcast. I, we all we of course appreciate y'all all listening. Thanks for downloading. Yeah, have a good night. Hey, Mia's finally here. Hey, Mia. Have a good one. Bye guys. <laughs>